This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. There are times in life where we face crossroads that are very important. So often the pressure comes on when that crossroads is right in front of us. But we may not always realize that there are a lot of decisions that are made to bring us to a crossroads. And the decision that eventually is made when we're at that fork in the road is a decision that is affected by many other things in our lives. When we gave our life to follow God and to surrender ourselves to Him, we decided that we would no longer make decisions based upon our own preferences, but rather we would make decisions that are in line with what God has in store for us. The truth is, is that God at times asks us to do things that are not always easy or comfortable, but not only that, sometimes the things that we have to uh, give to the Lord will even cost us, for some in this world, their very own life. The preferences that we have, at times we are able to cater to those, but then at times the decision is so intense that we must lay everything on the line and choose to follow God above the things that even make us comfortable. We are at a point in our country of a decision. And the decision that will be made on Tuesday regarding the leadership of our country, is not something that will have happened overnight. The decision that will be made by our country, we will have arrived at that decision over a lengthy period of time and through many different sets of circumstances. We make decisions, not all decisions are the same, you woke up this morning, if you had breakfast today, you made a choice what you were going to eat for breakfast. And that whether you choose to have eggs and toast or a bowl of cereal did not affect a whole lot in this world in which we live right now. But there are some decisions that are going to affect not only today, but the future. And I believe that the way that we are able to make decisions in a right way is determined by our ability to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. The Bible tells us that there was a period of time in the people of God's history that they chose to do what was right in their own eyes. That they had neglected the standard of God's law and they had made a law for themselves. And that is a dangerous place to be. The Bible tells us that we are living in a day in which many will call good evil and evil good. And when you get to a point where evil is called good and good is called evil, and you begin to make laws for your own preferences to affect the society as a whole, And everyone is affected by decisions that are made in leadership. 
But ultimately, you and I are the ones that are called by God to humble ourselves and to stand in the gap. God does not expect those who do not know him to be making decisions that are right and true and just and honest. But God does, that, does expect that of us. There is a lot of discussion about the election and the candidates that are up to be voted upon for the leadership of our country. But more important than even the selection of the candidate who will be the leader of this country, you and I are going to stand before God one day, and the Bible says that we are going to give an account for every word that we speak and every action that we take. And so often we can get consumed in a conversation that discusses someone else's position and someone else's decisions, and there's room for that. But it's very important that you and I remember that when we stand before God, we will give an account for everything that we do. The decisions that we make in our homes ultimately are decisions that will affect our communities. They affect out, uh, those outside of the realm of responsibility, even in our own home. As goes the foundation of our family, so goes the foundation of the nation. And as we look around us and we see many things deteriorating, it's not simply because a leader has made a wrong choice, but it is, a, it is because those leaders have been allowed to be able to continue to make the wrong choices supported by men and women who are willing to fall into the deception of receiving something for our own benefit and willing to say, I'm willing to put up with that because I'm going to get something out of the deal. And we, don't we don't recognize all the time that we play a great role in our community. And sometimes... Uh, Things happen because we have not been willing to stand up and take a stand for what is godly and for what is right. The three Hebrew children that were given the choice to be able to bow down before the golden image that was set up. When the music began to play, they chose to stand. When they stood, they stood out from the entire crowd. They had not lost a respect for the leadership even of the country in which they were in. They were respectful. As you will note in that passage of scripture, they addressed the leadership with respect. But at the same time, they said, when it comes to making a decision that is going to go against my God, I cannot make a decision that is going to compromise my value. And my value is, is that I honor God above everything else. Jesus laid down the line very clear. He said that he who will love even his own mother and his father more than me is not worthy of me. That's a very strong statement. But what that simply means is that when we are willing to give in uh, to the nudges and to the preferences of those around us, even if they are close flesh and blood, if we do not acknowledge the reality that without the saving blood of Jesus Christ, we do not have any hope. If we are not willing to grasp that reality, then all of the things that can affect our lives can try to pull us away and try to cause us to make decisions that will compromise that relationship with God. 
The truth is, is that no matter how long you and I live in this world, even if we live to a ripe old age, it is a very short time in comparison with eternity. The most important decision that you and I can ever make is the decision to decide between whether we are going to drive our own lives or whether we are going to allow God to sit on the throne in our hearts. In the book of Joshua chapter 24, the nation had come to a crossroads. But what you see is not always what you get. Uh, at times what we see, be it on the news or otherwise, we can see things unfolding and it can cause frustration in our hearts. And we can begin to, to try to fix a problem from the outside in. But the only hope for our nation is a transformation from the inside out. The conscience of the nation has to be awakened to the reality that what is right and what is wrong is not determined by a vote, but it is determined by the Almighty God. And he sits in control over this entire globe. And even though there may be chaos in the sense of looking at different things around our nation, when God is sitting on the throne, everything is under control. And if he is sitting on the throne of our heart, we can live and walk in the most chaotic situations. But God is going to be the one to give us a peace. Because if he is ruling our hearts, then there is order in our lives. Your peace does not come from a given leader on this earth. Your peace comes from the almighty God. And the word of God says this. The peace that God gives, no one in this world can take away from you. The Spirit of the living God is the one who will give you that foundation that you can stand on, that when the storms of life come, you will not be shaken. I'm grateful for the freedom that we have in this country. I have heard so many missionaries share from places where the gospel is not able to be proclaimed legally or freely. And they gather together in places and at times when others will not be able to find out about it and they worship the Lord. I'm so grateful that we can have a sign right outside the road that says Christian Life Center. Come join us as we worship the Lord. That's a huge privilege that sometimes we take for granted. Unfortunately, at times, we are called to be able to appreciate the benefits that we have when they start getting taken away from us. You and I need to begin to count our blessings and to thank God for every single one that we have. And as we count those blessings, we will begin to see that we have multiple opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a great commission. This great commission was not intended to simply be proclaimed in a place where everything is going well. 
if you look at the, the political setup in the times of Jesus, there was great chaos. God's people were under the rule of the Romans. They did not have the privilege of making their own decisions by a vote of democracy. The gospel did not flourish in the book of Acts because everywhere they went, everybody opened their doors and said, yes, come on in and tell us about Jesus. On the contrary, as they stood at the temple and proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ, the soldiers would come and say, we don't want you preaching in the name of Jesus. And they would arrest them and take them to jail. And while they were in jail, they would proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. And everywhere they went, the scripture says that the places were turned upside down. Why? Because of the power of the gospel. And that is the power that lives inside you and inside of me. The Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the power of God unto salvation. God is not looking for us to get this whole land in order before he can pour out his spirit. What he wants to do is he wants us to come humbly before him. And when we open our heart to him, he will use every single one of you, even in the midst of the most confused and chaotic situation. God has come into this setting to make right things that are wrong. But he chose to do it from the inside out. Notice that when Jesus came, he did not simply go to the Roman leadership and transform the political situation of the day. And that's exactly what many of Jesus' followers wanted him to do. They were hoping that the kingdom of God was going to come and be able to rule and reign from the top down. In fact, Peter was so intent on helping Jesus make sure that did happen, when they came to crucify him, he had his sword ready. And he took off the ear of the soldier that was taking Jesus away. Perhaps you know that story well. Jesus reached down, picks up the ear, and puts it on the servant and heals him. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, my disciples would fight for me. But my kingdom is not of this world. Now I believe that every single one of us as citizens here in the United States have a responsibility to make a decision not all decisions are easy to make. But we have a responsibility to make a choice. And I know that in the midst of all that you may be aware of, you may feel like, well, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. I want to just remind you that your decision to not make a decision is to allow those that are making decisions to make a decision for you. Just be aware of that. That's between you and God. But I'm here to tell you that you have a privilege to affect the decisions. 
Okay, just a couple notes, and I, and I just want to share this with you because I believe this is in line with the Word of God. I'm not up here at this pulpit to share my opinions about things, but I am here to tell you the Word of God. It is very important in your decision-making that you consider the long-term effects of the positions of those who will be elected to leadership. You may try to compare certain things but here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to remember this. God can use broken people and even people who have made wrong decisions to further advance his purposes. So you need to remember that in the mix because in the middle of all the confusion, only the Holy Spirit will help give you discernment in making decisions. There's a lot at stake in our country. And as opposed to simply looking at a person, I want to encourage you to look at policies. Because those affect the future. And the Lord will guide and direct you how you make decisions. And you are going to stand before the Lord as I will for every decision that we make. But it's not just about an election. The decisions that we make must begin in our own lives. See, if we don't know how to make a decision between right and wrong in our own homes and in our own settings in private, we will never be able to make decisions that affect the public. And so I want to come back to some of the grassroots of what's so critical for you and I to remember as we make this choice to walk with God. Joshua was speaking with the people and in verse 14 of chapter 24, he says, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose, in whose land you now live. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I'm so glad that there's no one that can take away our right to worship the Lord. Even if it becomes illegal to worship God, even still no one can take away your right to worship the Lord. Because your right to worship the Lord was not given by any government but it was given by your creator. And God will be with you. Sometimes in the unfolding of things that we don't like to see happen, we must come before the Lord and humble ourselves before him and see what God is up to. Now, I just want to give a, a real quick synopsis of something that I believe correlates with our nation people of Israel had disobeyed God. God had told them to regularly take Sabbaths and they were supposed to allow the land to rest. And they did not listen to God. They were supposed to trust him every seventh year that God would provide what was needed so that they would not have to toil on the ground. Instead of doing that, they said, hey, we've got to We've got to do everything we can to survive. We're going to go ahead and do that. They disobeyed the Lord. Well, they did this over years. 
they did this over so many years that it accumulated to the point where God said, enough is enough. And God says that in his word, that he told, that he told the prophets that the time had come where God would give his land rest, even though his people had not. And so what did he do? He had someone come and take them off their land so that it could rest. And they were taken away by the Babylonians. The Babylonians took them away, and they were going to be gone for 70 years because that was the amount of time that they had not allowed the land to rest. It was directly correlated with their disobedience. Because the people now were going to be taken away, there were some prophets that began to say, oh, don't worry. Don't worry, everything's going to be just fine. We are going to get back to our land. We're going to go back. Don't worry, God's going to give us victory. We're going to get out from underneath this, um, this slavery, and we're going to go back and live the way that God intended us to live. But God said, no, you're not. Not until the time comes where you are released from your spiritual timeout. And then we see in the book of Daniel that that period of time had finalized. And even then, Daniel prayed and fasted and sought the Lord at the very end of that period of time. The Bible says what we sow, we will reap. In our walk with God, we cannot remove that from the equation. It is true that God forgives our sins. And it is also true that what we sow, we reap. You have to have those both at the same time. That's why we cannot foolishly simply do whatever we want and then say, well, I'm going to ask God to forgive me and all the consequences go away. God doesn't work like that. Our nation, I'm so grateful for the good things that God has done through our nation. There are many wonderful things. But there are also many decisions that have been made that have made God not only, I believe, very sad, but also angry. Because on a regular basis, lives of little ones are being taken from this world on a regular basis. With complete affirmation by those who have the ability to stop it, but don't. One day, each of those people are going to answer to God for those children whose lives were taken that, were, that could have been on this earth, but today are not. What we sow, we reap. We have to keep that in mind in the unfolding of these events. Because sometimes in our questioning, we might say, well, how did we get to the point where we are? There are things that happen to bring us to the point where we are. Now, one of the wonderful things that I'm so grateful to God is that even when we're suffering the consequences of our wrongdoings, God says, I won't leave you and I won't forsake you. He says, even while you're in your spiritual discipline of time out, I am going to give you grace. I am going to forgive you of your sins if you turn to me. So what are we supposed to do? The scripture says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. That's us in this church, my people. If you consider yourself a person of the living God, God's speaking to you. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, then he says he is going to begin the restoration process. 
It's amazing what God can do through a small group of people. You may think, well, we're just a few here compared to everybody in this country. Maybe so. But I want to tell you that God hears your prayers. And you and God are a majority. God doesn't work at numbers the same way we do. He's looking at obedience. He wants us to come together with our heart focused on him. And when we seek him, he responds. It's why we gather every Sunday night at 6 o'clock to seek the Lord. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. When we pray, God listens. And we need to remember that. And when we remember that regularly, we will begin to pray powerful prayers. Prayers that, yes, we deal with the little things here, the little things there. But we need to begin to believe God for some big things. We need to begin to pray about situations in our cities and our communities. And we need to believe God for victory in the supernatural realm. And as we gather together and we pray, God is going to move. That's what he said he would do. There is not one time when we gather together to pray and God says, I'm going to discount that. I'm not going to listen to that. We come with our heart, we open our hearts to the Lord, and we follow through on what he has called us to do. God will always do his part. But as it has been said, there are some things that will not be accomplished on this earth if we do not seek the Lord in prayer. It is true that we serve an all-powerful God. There is nothing that our God cannot do. But God has chosen to limit himself and his influence in this world to our praying. Your prayers open the door for the mighty power of God. Now you know the scripture says that it is God's will that none perish. So we have that as a fact. God wants no soul to be lost. God loved the entire world that he sent Jesus so that everyone could be saved. But the ability for that to become a reality in the lives of people is dependent upon you and I. It's dependent on our proclamation of the truth to them. It's dependent upon our gathering and praying for them. And as we pray, and as we do what God has asked us to do, then he is going to give us inroads and opportunities to push back the work of the enemy and see the kingdom of God advance. Joshua was speaking to the people. And he said, you have a choice to make. You can choose whether you are going to worship the gods of these nations or you could choose to follow the one true God. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I like those nice little things you can put in your house. It says, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You can find those in many places. Beautiful artwork. But my friends, it's got to go beyond the artwork. I like those little things. But actually serving the Lord is heavy-duty stuff. It's standing out when you'd rather not stand out. It's making a choice to honor God when all the world around you is walking the other direction. But Joshua, he drew the line in the sand. He said, as for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. You and I make choices that have far-reaching effects. God said in his word that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if we want to see our nation cleaned up, it's got to start with our homes being cleaned up. God wants to work in this church and through this church, but he can only work in us and through us to the degree that we allow his presence to purify our hearts. Scripture says that there are some vessels that are set aside for noble purposes and some for not so noble purposes. And then we are challenged, purify yourself so that you can be set apart for God's noble purposes. God wants us to be a light in our communities. The only way we're going to be able to be that light is when we step across the line and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to vote on Tuesday. But the outcome of that vote does not determine my walk with Jesus. Because it does not matter where this world goes. I am just a pilgrim passing through. One day I'm going to be in a place where all the wrongs will be made right, where violence will no longer be the norm, and where Jesus will be the supreme ruler who will be determining everything that occurs. Until that day comes, you and I have a responsibility to allow him to be king right here. And if there is any person that you need to vote for every single day of your life, it's a vote for Jesus. And you make that choice every day of your life. By the way that you act, you either choose to allow him to be Lord, or you say, Lord, not today. I'm going to do things my own way. My challenge to you, friends, is that we live our lives as an active vote for the living God so that the world around us can see that there's something different, that we belong to a different kingdom. The Bible tells us that we as followers of Jesus are peculiar people, and that we are, because we walk to the beat of a different drummer. The scripture tells us that the world cannot understand the work of the Holy Spirit because it doesn't see him and it doesn't know him. But you and I know the work of the Spirit. And so it's so important that every single one of us be sensitive to the Lord and follow the leading of his Spirit. As you prepare to vote, educate yourself. Pray about the decision. But in the middle of that, I want to encourage you to remember that every single day that you wake up, you are making a decision either to follow Jesus or to follow your own direction. And when you say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, you may be put in a position where it will cost you something. The scripture says 
that we are to count the cost, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. There is a cost to following Jesus. I'm so glad for the days when there are roses all around and the birds are singing. I'm so glad for the days when I sense the presence of the Lord in such a way that I just feel goosebumps all over. I love those moments. I wish they could stay all the time. But they don't and they won't because we're in a battlefield. God recharges us at the spiritual fueling station and we have the good feelings and all that's wonderful. But we face these battles in moments where we do not feel like engaging the enemy, but God has called us to. And we need to take up our cross and follow Jesus. Jim Elliott said he is no fool who is willing to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. We are called to lay up treasure in heaven. And as we serve the Lord, we are laying up treasure in heaven where no thief can ever steal and where moth cannot destroy it. And so what you do here is going to affect eternity. If you would close yourself in with the Lord for a moment, I'd like to ask the worship team to come on up. In those light decisions that we make as to what we're going to eat for breakfast or lunch or dinner, we make a choice that affects us for a few moments. But there are long-lasting effects to some decisions. And one of those decisions is how we will handle our walk with Jesus. I remember when I was younger and I was considering what Jesus said. He said, it is very hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples answered, they said, Lord, then who can be saved? And Jesus said, well, with God, nothing is impossible. And I was wrestling with some things. I was growing in my walk with God. And I said, well, God, what do you really want from me? Do you want me to get rid of everything? Is that really what you want? You want me to be, just have nothing and then to serve you that way? And there was a period of time I was really wrestling with this. What does God what really want from me? And God revealed to my heart, that he was not necessarily asking me to give up everything. But he was asking me to give control of everything over to him. And that if at any time he should ask me to give it up, that I would be willing to give it up in an instant. As you're here today, everything you have has been given to you. Even the clothes on your back. When you leave this earth, your spirit leaves and you leave everything behind. The decisions you make, though, will last forever. I want to ask you today, have you made a decision to allow Jesus to be your king? King of kings and Lord of lords. All of us will bow our knee before God one day, but you could choose to do that willingly today. And when you do so, I can tell you from personal experience, there is nothing that compares with the joy and the peace that comes. Even though you may walk through great trials, I'd rather walk through great trials with great peace.
than walk through ease of life with chaos in my mind. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I, the Spirit of God's been speaking to me and I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to give a vote for Jesus today that he will be the Lord and director of my life. I'm tired of living life following my own decisions and my own desires. I'm willing to surrender. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you're sitting this morning because God wants to change your life from the inside out. God sees your hand, man. Is there anyone else? The Spirit of God says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to any of us. Make sure that you're ready for heaven. One final time, is there anyone else that needs to make this life-changing decision? Now let's join together in prayer. And as you raise your hand, the Spirit of God wants to come in and to live inside, to make you brand new. And we're just all going to join together in this prayer. And as you pray it, just pray it from your heart. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to do the work. Would you please pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask you to please forgive me for all of my wrong actions and all of my wrong thoughts. Please purify my heart. Please make me a brand new person and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Please write my name today in the book of life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for washing me clean. And thank you for taking away my guilt. I surrender my life fully to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.